Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hey, I'm Scott Pipe. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. For sure, I think if I get to drive more and more and more, uh, for sure, you know, I'm going to feel more comfortable. I nearly told him to calm down in the end. I'm like, mate, you're making me stressed. I'm stressed enough as is. In 2014, Chaz Mostert and Paul Morris won Bathurst. The race finished at almost 6.30 and 5.2 million people were watching at the end of that race. So a quarter of the Australian population watched Chaz win that race. That's a pretty you know, compelling figure to, to drop on anybody. <laughs> From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Hi, welcome to... Uh... Inside Supercars this week with uh, Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock. Craig. It's great to be back here, Tony, particularly after what was another such exciting Bathurst 12-hour. Quite amazing. The race just keeps on uh, ramping up another couple of inches, and I'm sure television and internet viewing was uh, was very high. Um, some amazing things have uh, happened. Um, getting ready for the new V8 uh, Supercar season, or just supercars now, supercar season in Adelaide. Um, just today, DJR launched their new colours, um, of course, showing both Scott uh, McLaughlin and his uh, new team and Fabian Coulthard for his second season. Some great news, uh, the return to America of their team manager, Jeff Swarthout, and uh, Ben Croke's been promoted. Mm, internal recruitment is always great, and uh, and we'll definitely speak more about that in the uh, coming weeks, but also on this week's show. Yeah, the other part of it, of course, the uh, recent announcements was Walkinshaw's uh, change, change in colour scheme. Yes, the Mobile One HSV, so HSV gets rolled back out, and uh, we are in the era of the oil wars once again, and the oil wars certainly uh, uh, going to be very interesting. Yeah, indeed. It will, uh, it'll be uh, wonderful to pan out, but we'll, let's have a look back at uh, the weekend. Um, we'll cover it later on. We'll talk to a couple of drivers today uh, in uh, Chaz Mostert and Dave Russell and their experiences. They're, of course, both very experienced supercar drivers as well, um, but uh, different mounts this time at the mountain. Um, the interesting thing the weekend was, uh, yet again, uh, Marinello was able to pick up. It's his second win in three years. Uh, with a Ferrari, uh, again, Triple Eight, but much larger presence this time and much higher profile, with Roland standing himself there at the back of the control pit uh, with uh, his two engineers there and team manager and all the people there, much larger presence than uh, previously. Mm. Uh, a lot of people talked about that over the weekend, and I've sort of gone... Last time they won it, they had a good Triple Eight presence as well, and uh, Jeremy Moore set his international endurance credentials up very well off the back of that. Indeed, indeed. And look, it's interesting to see, um, because I'm sure there are others within the Triple Eight who have uh, aspirations and plans to go overseas and, and build their careers even higher. Um, driver-wise, a fascinating one with uh, all three Triple Eight drivers featuring right at the very end, and two of them, of course, going on to stand on the top step. Mm. Yes, it, it was amazing motor races, our good friend Richard Crowell always says. Indeed. Well, we're going to go to a break now, and after it, we'll come back with Chaz Mostert and Dave Russell to tell us of their reflections on how their mountain uh, charge went. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page, and to ask a question... Email insiders at sportradio.com.
www.inside.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as BS Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to uh, Inside Supercars. Today we're fortunate enough to have Chaz Mossel with us to go through, talk about both not only his uh, Bathurst 12-hour, but also his coming season. Hello, uh, Chaz. Say hello to Craig. Yeah, g'day, guys. How are you? It's great uh, to have you back on. on. And, uh, Chaz, one of the great things is I think you are the only current supercar driver that has done the Bathurst 1000 the 12-hour, and the 6-hour. Oh, that's, that's pretty cool. You know, it would have been cool to, uh, I guess, won the 1,000, won the you know, 12-hour and the 6-hour, but, um, you know, this year wasn't wasn't meant to be for us. But no, any time you get to race any category around Bathurst, it's an absolute buzz. And if that's production cars in, um, you know, in the 6-hour or the GT cars in the 12-hour, it's, um, you know, different cars around there are still a lot of fun. So um, I actually had a lot of ball on the weekend driving a GT car around, around Bathurst. Mentally. Matt Niles, any time is good fun, right. <laughs> Chase, you, you very quickly got up to speed in that car, started up from the front row. Um, you, you obviously felt at one with the car. Yeah, they're a little, I guess, um, you know, those cars have got so much aero that you kind of, um, you feel like there's more in yourself than actually what there is in the car. So, you know, you get the car to, to you know, turn in even and, and make sure the drive's okay, but... You know, when you get to the, across the top of the mountain there, you're going that fast that aero plays a big impact on those cars. And um, you feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have rolled out of the throttle so much there. You know, I think I can, you know, keep it planted a bit more. And you find a lot of time in the cars that way. So I think um, I think that I was just, uh, you know, having a really big crack at the car. And, um, you know, once I got my head around it, thinking that it was definitely going to stick, that, you know, I, I felt, yeah, felt pretty comfortable in there. But I'd like to do a lot more miles in those cars and, and see if I can go any faster again, but, um, you know, I had an absolute ball. I mean, obviously, uh, laps around Bathurst at any time, because, you know, you don't get to test there. Obviously, laps around there is worthwhile. Do you feel, though, driving um, the GT3 is an advantage or disadvantage when you're jumping back into your, your Falcon? Oh, I think any lap at Bathurst is just an advantage. It's uh, like, you know, even to the six-hour that, you know, we run there, too. Hopefully, you get to do that this year. You meet Nathan Morecambe again, but... Um, yeah, I think any laps you get around that track, you, you know, it's, it's just builds your confidence that the amount of laps you've done around there. You can't go there any really any other day a week and, um, you know, do an event or, or do a practice day. It's very limited how many times they run around there for the year. So um, it's definitely an advantage in my eyes of the amount of running you can do there in these different um, categories and, and events. And, and in terms of your workload around the race, I mean, all three of the races of the mountain are, are distinctly different in character and have different size audiences and different television requirements. One has none, I understand. But um, tell us about your weekend in comparison, say, with the 1,000 in uh, the GT. These. Oh, yeah, it was, it was very relaxed. You know, I think the, the start of the weekend, uh, all weekend, I think we only had two really commitments where, you know, V8, we, we have a lot more, so... Um, I think we had a welcome welcome function um, that all the GT guys were there, and and then um, I think we had one signing across the weekend. So it was it was pretty chilled out from that, and you know you, you get to to focus a lot. Um, you know, pretty much 100% of your focus is on 
actually what you're doing in the car. Um, when you go to the V8s, you know, it is, it is pretty tricky on, on us drivers. We, you know, got a lot of off-track um, commitments we have to, to focus on, but, but that makes it, you know, our time very critical when we do get to sit with our engineer and our team um, that we, we get straight to the point of where we need to, you know, take the direction with the car. So it was uh, the weekend felt very chilled out and relaxed and, um, you know, sometimes I found myself standing around probably a bit too often than what, you know, than what I'd normally be doing. Right, it's a, it's a couple of weeks now till, well, in fact, more than a couple of weeks, it's three weeks, isn't it, to, to uh, Adelaide. So um, you've got a test in there in a couple of weeks' time. Um, what commitments have you got with uh, PRA before then? Yeah, it's all starting to kick off now, you know. So um, uh, basically from New Year's to about now, it's, it's been pretty quiet. But, you know, I'm tomorrow morning straight off to, to um, Adelaide for a couple of days for the, the Kutzel launch and then, um, you know, into a four- or five-day training camp with, with ProDrive and, and the other drivers. So uh, that all kicks off. And then I think there's a, little, there's a little patchy there. There's a few things on all the way to lead up to Adelaide. Obviously, the test day's in there as well. But, um, yeah, it's, the schedule's starting to, to pack in um, pretty tight now all the way till then. And, and no doubt it'll stay pretty packed for, for the rest of the year till we hit December and um, can let our hair down for another couple of months again. And the uh, the training camp, where where's that involved? And... Oh, we're just heading down to Melbourne. This year we're deciding to... Um, the team's decided to involve a lot of the crew members as well, so obviously right. a lot of the guys are based down in Melbourne, so it's going to be a different aspect for us as drivers, you know. Um, it'll probably be more of a, a, a team bonding type of camp, so we yep. can really um, you know, hit, the, hit the ground running when we get to Adelaide, so pretty excited about that, you know, as we have some awesome guys in the team, and um, it'll be good to see them, you know, in their aspect outside of the team, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we uh, hit the ground running at Adelaide. And who, who's running the uh, training camp for you? Uh, we have a couple of guys lined up uh, for us. We got one of our guys, the physio, comes with us to some of the rounds. He'll be involved in there, um, and Frosty's got a really good, um, a good trainer that he uses down in Melbourne too. So we've just got a, a different few aspects there and a few different ideas of how we're going to run it, and we'll, we'll go from there. All right. Um, so just talking about your your six hour event um, with Nathan Morecambe Nathan Morecam again. Uh, what car are you in? I believe Nathan's uh, building a new car at the moment for the race. I don't know if he's put it out there yet or not, so I'll keep my lips sealed on that one. But, um, you know, last year was pretty awesome driving that BMW Class B car. That was a really solid car. That was an 07 model, and, it um, you know, it was quite solid. So this year I think they wanted to go a little upgrade and and try and get a uh, Class A car and and see if they could uh, try and go back-to-back. So. Um, I'm not too, yeah, like I said, I would tell you, but I, I don't, don't want to get in trouble just in case uh, they're going to leave that. So. Um, and uh, so Mark Carr's ran the BMW uh, for you. Um, you've worked with him before, haven't you? Um, no, I, I've known a lot of those guys over the years. You know, a lot of guys in Mark, uh, Mark Carr's team have, you know, been involved with um, Paul Morris Motorsport over the years. So a lot of familiar faces that have been around the V8s and stuff like that. So... Um, yeah, there's a lot of familiar faces. I even got to bring a couple of um, my own crew from the yeah, from ProDrive. I had my number one mechanic and data engineer um, join the team. Also had one of my really good mates that, um, you know, has been a mechanic for a few years. And, um, you know, so we had all the help we could get in the in the pit stops and um, and in the strategy as well. So it was, it was cool to involve a couple of those guys. To, to Who were those guys? Who was their names? I got uh, Sam Scafidi. He's my data engineer for yep. this year. Uh, I had my number one mechanic, Cameron Stevens, and I had one of my good mates, um, Ryan Cochran, come down for for the racing. Okay. So, 
uh, to, to get involved in the pit stops and all that. So we had we had the gun team. It just uh, didn't end up the way we wanted to in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chaz, okay. what, what does it mean? Like for you, you're getting laps. We can understand what you get out of doing that. But I'm sure your data engineers and your mechanics also get a lot of information that might not be directly relevant, but they can use at these other events as well. Yeah, I think, you know, you've you got guys that, um, you know, are sole focused, just like us V8 drivers, we're sole focused on one series all year. And, um, you, you, you know, you, I guess you can learn so certain so much through the year, uh, being a mechanic or a data engineer and the de- general routine. But I guess if you get thrown in... Um, you know, in in a deep end a bit somewhere else in a different series and um, different aspects at all, it might actually inspire you and, and re rethink about the way you do things back in the current series you are involved in. So so data engineers with strategy, it's another race under your belt where, you know, the 12-hour has massive strategy involved. So, um, you know, that would be a good test and, and just get the brain thinking before we even hit the Adelaide for round one of supercars. So, um, you know, it was good for, for Sammy to come do that, give his time up to come and um, get involved in that and, my number one mechanic, you know, to, to work on a different car, which is completely different and get ideas of um, different things that we might be able to do in supercars is, um, you know, a cool, cool in, uh, inspiration as well. So, and, and for myself, you know, to be able to work with those guys for, for a race meeting before we even get to our series, it's, uh, you know, the team's ready gelling, um, got some got some good laughs under the belt and, um, you know, a good event under our belt and, and high spirit as well. So, it's um, there's a lot of a lot of things that we really got out of that weekend doing the 12 hour and, and having some really good people on the car. And you're racing here this year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that I, I don't know if that 100% been released yet, but um, oh. they've, they've just worked it out last week. What I think what's what's going to go on there. So um, I think there's a few changes around, but um, yeah, it's we still got a very good good group of people, great people, yeah. and. Um, you know, everyone. I think the people they've got involved is going to be is really gel really hard together, and um, hopefully we can get this ProDrive Falcon, you know, back up the pointy end and, and giving those Red Bull guys a real good uh, challenge for some wins. One of the things that has been announced, and that is that uh, back to a 250k race on Saturday. What's your feelings on that? Oh, I'm really really excited. You know, I think the longer races give that that whole different aspect of pit stops and strategy and. I think a lot of our races should be should be focused on that. You know, you go back to, I call them maybe a bit more the glory days when you had 11 and 12 and you used to have, you know, Jamie Wincup and Frosty and, and Will Davison, you know, that Perth race, for instance, where they'll come down to tyres and strategy and, you know, come down to last lap and there's three cars going for the win, you know, as um, people pushing the limit on tyres and pushing the limits on fuel. It, it, it gives the whole drivers a different aspect. And, I, and I, I reckon the fans love it a lot more too, you know. They... Um, you know, the people that are at the track get to see the cars come in pit lane more often. You know, you see the mechanics get more involved, and it gets gets um, gets the whole teams, I think, more involved with it. So, it's uh, so, I think it's an awesome thing. Yeah, the South Australian Motorsport uh, Board did some research, and and it said that the fans really like starts. And I sort of think, why don't they just tell people to go and watch some drag racing? You know? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think they I think they love the starts, but yeah, I think I think they enjoy the racing a lot more. But it's yeah, one of those things. It was it was definitely in the series worth a try to try smaller races and try more sprint style races to see if it um it could create better racing. But it was one of those things, you know. Where, yeah, there was better racing. Um, you know, people having a bit more of a go, but 
um, you know, I think the the whole pit stop thing and, and watching strategies and, 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 you know, hearing the commentators talk about strategy, who's going to pop out here and there, and watching race in the pits was pretty exciting as well. You're, you know, 100%, 80%, 90%, 90% now following your, your, your crash in 14, 15 rubs? I've been I've been 100% in the car for for a long time. You know, there's always going to be um, some lingering effects of with my knee and and the ligaments that I did did um you know did some damage to. I definitely you know some cold days definitely the, the knee seized up a bit more. But you're working in a, a 50 to 60 degree environment most days, and those so supercars yeah. doesn't come up at all. So I, I've never had any issue in the supercar probably. You know, it probably started last year. It was definitely probably wasn't a hundred percent. There was still a yeah. couple of things I need to work on, just some strength and stuff. But yeah. it um and, it, it and, come um, it come pretty the, quick. Thanks, Chaz. That's wonderful to hear about the uh, run that he had at Bathurst this year. And after break, we'll talk with another of the combatants from the weekend, in Dave Russell. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panelists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media, or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. I'm talking with Chaz now. We're going to be uh, talking with David Russell. Uh, good afternoon, David. Tony, how are you going? I'm well indeed. And uh, Craig's here as well to discuss your 12-hour, how things went for you, another good result. Yeah, look, it was. Um, you know, people have got to, um, you know, we, we sat around as a, as a group, as in Largo Racing, um, and to put it into perspective, you know, it's, we're only a, a very small team run out of the back of... Um, uh, Roger Largo's um, very small workshop at the back of his cold storage business where a Lamborghini happens to get prepared by one person, um, Donald Kington, and uh, there's one person that prepares that car and uh, loads it in the truck and whatnot, and all the rest just come in for the weekend. So um, I'm sure a lot of the factory teams that we're in front of, and certainly uh, they, they certainly couldn't say, say uh, the same thing. So for us to finish um, in the top ten, as in sixth and and uh, and second in class is, um, you know, no mean feat. And you appeared to, you know, get there definitely on race result. I mean, it was a, a, an effort to, to get the car up there. It wasn't people falling over in front of you. No, we were, we were in the 10 all day. Um, for us, there was, you know, there's a few things that, that we were lucky with. Um, look, we were lucky in, in, um, in qualifying at one stage where um, we had a braking issue that we had to rectify and, um, we had a throttle in practice. We had a throttle linkage that um, that we had an issue with as well. So uh, we we're, were sort of lucky before the race, but um, we got a we got a couple of um, I got a, a puncher under a safety car, so that worked for us. Um, but uh, any time you have any of these little dramas, it will it's a it's a setback. It's a setback on your strategy. Um, but look, Roger as the the AM driver, he he did a fantastic job. He's his pace was good. He's you know there was there was no incidents or anything like that. So you know it's a, a lot of that is as as we saw there was a lot of survival. Um, we thought we were 
we were on for, um, we were looking good for our class win. Um, I, I chased down the car in front of us, um, which was 50 seconds ahead, um, got it down to 10 seconds, and then unfortunately um, one of the Porsche drivers um, behind me um, who, who came up and apologised, he said, oh, sorry, my foot slipped off the brake, but actually got drilled into turn one, um, spun us around, it took a while to get the car going, um, and, uh, yeah, that was the end of us chasing down the, the victory in our class. Right. You've, you've done both Bathurst 1000K and the 12-hour a good number of years now. It just tells us a little bit for you as a driver, as a walk-up with your helmet driver, the difference between the two and your weekends. Oh, look, I find, obviously, with with, um, with Largo Racing, obviously I've been there for a while, being a small team, um, I sort of find that I, I have to take more of a role that oversees not only my own equipment, but uh, I guess that sort of... Um, role where I'm overseeing what's happening with the driver changes and, and the harness to make sure that you know the elastics are falling the right way and everyone's um, helmets and radios, all, all all the things that could possibly go wrong in the driver change. Right. Um, I'm I'm looking at those things. Um, so you're the like the lead driver then. Yeah, that's right. Taking the lead for, for qualifying and and definitely a lot of um, setup with the car. So for me being a co-driver in October. Um, it means that I'm I'm doing my stints and, yeah, that's, you know, you, you're contributing to the engineering, but you're not the lead driver. So, you know, it's good to be, you know, the, the lead driver for the 12-hour and, and to have the responsibility to, to qualify the car and, and uh, you know, in, in my case, to, to do a double stint to finish the race. We've, we've had two views on the 1,000Ks. Uh, um, in recent times, so this is a general conversations, and they're almost conflicting. One says that there was some dreadful driving at the weekend. Oh, it was just shocking. And the other one says, and people like Steve Richards put this view forward, that, you know, that's what this class is, because there are drivers here who aren't professional drivers, who, you know, they're like Roger, that uh, are able to do it. Um, and Steve certainly said uh, in conversation that, um, you know, he, he, that's what you work with. Do you find that as well? Did you find driving standards abysmal or dreadful? Or look, yeah. Firstly, we sort of we wouldn't be here in that scenario if there wasn't the, those drivers, business owners, team owners um, to buy these beautiful cars that we get to race around in. So that's part and parcel of GT racing. And and yeah, look. And and back to the earlier question. You know, part of my role is also helping. Um, coaching and, and, and helping um, those AM drivers to become better and, and be more experienced. Um, as Roger many times reminds me, it's not his day job, and he says, you know, you, you wouldn't be uh, yeah, that great at running my cold storage business. <laughs> Anytime I'm giving them a hard, hard time about his braking pressures or anything. Um, but, look, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a tough one because, you know, on the weekend it, it's very hard to... to um, it's very easy for us to look at the slower cars and, and sort of say, "I'll let you know they didn't position themselves right and they're being overtaken." Um, but look, I, you know, I started in slower cars in production cars, so it, for me, it was it was easy to you know sometimes predict things. But when another driver's in there, um, yeah, look, there's always awkward moments where you break and you know a car that you thought was letting you pass went for an apex or. Um, yeah, but that's that's part of sort of trying to guide your way through a 12-hour a, a race like that. And it's always harder at Bathurst, you know. For me, um, having done Spa 24-hour, there's a lot of amateur drivers over there. But 
um, there's there's not too many concrete walls. There's a lot of runoff, so sometimes you can sort of go further or wider and have more room. But Bathurst is obviously less forgiving than that, and a lot narrower. Yeah, um, and of course the twelve hour is one of your two peaks of the year. The other one being the endurance championship, um, where you've got three events that are each quite different from from each other: Sandown, Bathurst, and Gold Coast. Um, what's the rest of your year involve? Yeah, I've, um, I'm, I'm going to do the um, GT Endurance Championship um, with Roger as well. So um, our first round will be at uh, Phillip Island. So it's a good one to kick off the, the Endurance Championship for the um, uh, for us. Um, we then head to Sydney Motorsport Park and then across to New Zealand where we are fortunate enough to, to take victory at uh, Hampton Downs last year. Um, which was yeah brilliant round for us, and then also we go on to Hampton Downs, which is on the South Island, very picturesque, um, and uh, to Tony Quinn's um, yeah master um, track that he's built there. So it's yeah it's going to be going to be great to to fill in the gaps in between. It keeps me race fit, and you know I'm a racing driver, so I want to do it as much as I can, and you know that's probably you know just enough to to keep me nice and you know nice and race fit. David, right. how, how soon and how difficult is it? to stay an endurance driver in the supercar series? Look, it's, um, it's something that, that uh, is, is relevant. Um, that, uh, yeah, look, it, it, it's becoming, um, it, it's, becoming it's, it's a serious business. There's, there's a lot of things that, um, for us, is, is something where um, you've got to stay race fit, you've got to stay um, current with all of those things. There's a lot of, obviously a lot of young guys that are inexperienced coming through, but they... They're gaining experience and gaining, um, I guess, um, uh, drives. And then obviously some come with um, heavily back as well. So that sort of changes changes the goalposts a little bit because obviously, you know, it's a very expensive sport. So for me, I'm lucky I've, I've you know, had a lot of... Um, had a lot of um, starts in, in the Enduros, obviously had success in um, Carrera Cup and the Development Series. So um, I can draw back on that, but you can only draw back on that um, because the more time goes on, it becomes less current. So it's good that I'm doing other racing and, and you know having pole positions in GT class or having wins or whatever because it shows that um, you're still able to finish the races, but you're also still fast and, and, and fit. So um, it sort of keeps me... Keeson Finn, it was great to chat to Todd Kelly about it on the weekend about his because he hadn't had a lot of experience in GT cars and um, I think he's got a, a now sort of saying it's a lot different to supercars so I think he sort of uh, has has certainly got got some respect for guys that are hopping into different cars and then sort of learning that and having to adapt themselves to let's say V8 supercars or to, to GT cars. And David I think that you're being a bit humble in saying you've been lucky. It's not luck that's got you into those cars mate. It's good skill and management, all right? Yeah, that's right. You know, I, I guess um, in in that case, you sort of initially, when you're a young guy, you sort of have to have to prove yourself and and do that. And look, the the reality is for for um, a lot of a lot of guys coming through, although the backing's there, you have to have the results and um, you, you've got to have those runs on the board. So it's good to be able to to you know be able to keep um, delivering, and, and it was nice to. To get after the weekend, get a nice message from Roger to say, you know, mega job as usual. So um, it's nice to, for for him to, you know, expect um, obviously expects um, a high level, and I also that's no different. I expect a high level from myself as well. So um, it, it's definitely um, 
it's great to be to be a part of that and continue um, to to be in this position. I'm very as I say, as I say, I'm very lucky, but I, I'd also work hard at it as well. David, you're also still in Bathurst because a lot of people wouldn't realise that this event uh, doesn't finish till Thursday after the Sunday race. No, that's right. Um, yeah, my, my I. Um, I run my own business, um, which is um, the drive team, which basically we um, yeah, facilitate um, different events, but also work as a driving instructor for manufacturers. So I'm here for a whole host of them this week um, to, to help them sort of execute um, for either their customers or, in some cases, their, their dealer principals or media um, to facilitate a, a safe event that everyone can enjoy. Um, so, yeah, I had a busy lead-up to the 12-hour and obviously the weekend, and then, um, yeah, I'm here till Thursday um, on on track in different cars and in different uh, events. So, But um, that's what I do, and I, I enjoy it. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'll be definitely... Um, my my two young kids will be very very happy to see see me when I uh, when I get home. That's wonderful, um, David. Uh, I'm sure that they'll uh, enjoy seeing their father back at home. <laughs> your your next uh, event though um, after this weekend is when next race um, event. Yeah, I've got um, the Grand Prix. Um, there's with the Australian um, GT series. There's four races there, so. Um, it's advantageous to to have a, a pro in the car um, for that round, so I'll be in the GT Championship at the Grand Prix at F1. So I'm pretty excited about that, and it should be a good round for us. Um, we want to work on uh, the the Lamborghini. Obviously, will be uh, reasonably well suited to that circuit, um, but um, yeah, we'll definitely have to. You know, some of the newer cars coming through in the GT series are you know fantastic aero balance, so the aerodynamics of the car and the way it works. Um, they're very fast, whereas uh, we work a little bit harder. The the Lambo is a bit more edgy, and and you really have to you know be a little bit more aggressive to get the speed out of it. So I'm um, I'm looking forward to getting to Albert Park and and having a run there. Well, thanks, David, for sharing your thoughts with us. It's been terrific to to hear of uh, your vast array of experiences uh, coming up ahead and the ones you've had in the past. Best of luck with it all, and uh, we'll uh, go for a break now. Thank you, Craig. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's tour at the Grand Prix and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Robham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. Well, it's another week over and boy, was it a week with a uh, wonderful Bathurst 12-hour. It's extraordinary, isn't it, Craig, that uh, each year over the last three years, and you know the last two of them, of course, now run by Supercars Company, that growth has been quite incredible. This year, it's got the crowd was up 8.8 over 40,000 people over the three days. Last year, it was up 15%. Um, I, I'm certain that TV, well, obviously, it was different this year, with even more viewing on the one network or the one station. Um, and for all those people out there who keep on saying, oh, GT3 should replace, replace supercars, well, of course it shouldn't. We've now got two great events. They bookend the year. When we start with a fantastic, the, uh, the fantastic race in itself and a great event, and around the world people will see Australia on their televisions or in their computers, 
and then at the end of the year we have what is the penultimate of our great grand final, our end of year race uh, series. Uh, with the Bathurst 1000. Craig, your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, GT3 is not the answer here in Australia. It has got it has got its place. It has got its advantage. And I spoke to two people, Stefan Rattel, who, of course, is uh, in charge of the Blank Pain series, and also John Casey, who works for Supercars and is responsible for the event. And whilst I didn't speak to John Casey about the GT3 supercar battle, when I spoke to Stefan Rattel... He was very much uh, in the opinion, and on Inside Motorsport, I'll give the plug uh, in the next few weeks, you'll see hear both of these interviews, and Stefan Rattel was talking about how, yes, it is a driver and a gentleman driver category that's becoming more professional, but that's an important part of GT and GT3 racing. So uh, I think we need to have that GT3, we need to have that gentleman racing, and so many times I ask people how... How could people make their way through motor racing? And as we've seen with David Russell, who we spoke to today, um, that is an opportunity where you have a, a guy like Roger Largo who can afford a top, you know, a top class GT3 car, and David is able to go in there and provide some driver coaching and provide some experience, which then works the two together. And that is a real way for drivers to work their way up through the ranks. And if they want to go overseas, it gives them them opportunities as well. Now, for John Casey, he's saying there's so much more we can do with this event without taking away from what it has been. Next year, it'll be 10 years. It hasn't been a GT3 race for 10 years, but next year will be 10 years since the 12-hour returned. And I think... They've got plans for that, and they've got plans of just evolving this race even further. And uh, I, I think that with supercars' ability to put on an event, they're proving that they can do an international event on the world stage, and that is something that that business is going to need to do to expand because there's a finite number of supercar races it can hold every year, and if they want to get more money in, then they're going to need to expand their... Uh, their enterprise in that field. So I guess my final thought, Tony, is that this is the uh, this is the proof of concept on how good Supercars is at running an event when it's not its core business, but it's a core of part of the business, just like television is for Supercars Television. And remember, that's what they went to KL originally to do, was to provide the television. It wasn't until that deal was in place that they said, well, perhaps we could take the cars there as well. And whilst that hasn't been perfect, it hasn't worked out the way they would have liked, that is where they're going to grow the business. And ultimately, the more they can grow that business, the more the championship is going to get better, which is a subset of the things they can do. All right, Craig. Well, thank you very much. Next week, uh, we're going to be talking to Kevin Fitzsimon, discussing for the new season of V8 supercars, or supercars they are now. Of course, whatever they are, all V8, but anyway. Um, discussing the new control tyre, the changes, and looking at how and which those changes will be coped with by the teams uh, and the events that uh, they'll be changing with them. So uh, thank you very much, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.